Hello and welcome back to the Student Pages podcast. It's currently feeling like sub-zero temperatures here in the UK and today I am once again your freezing host, Grace Sanders. However, on the podcast I'm going to be chatting a lot about somewhere a little warmer and I'm speaking to Ruth from Secret Paradise Maldives today. Uh, Ruth, are you feeling warm? Yes, Grace. Hi, thank you for uh, inviting me to have a chat in from our 30 degree weather. So looking out the window, we do have some sunshine. So uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> so you've got an absolutely lovely background there. And 30 degrees right now, that's sounding like a brag. I can see my own breath in front of me when I go outside. <laughs> it's a season up. I think this is the perfect time of year to start talking uh, about holidays because obviously everyone's a little bit cold. We are in the run up to Christmas, which is happy, but my mind is truly on the beach. I don't want to be on the tube under someone's sweaty armpit. I don't want to be slipping about on the ice. I do, in fact, want to be in the Maldives. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Secret Paradise Maldives? Yes, yeah, sure. I guess my starting point should be um, that for most people, when you say the Maldives, the perception in their mind is uh, water villas, um, private island resorts, celebrities, honeymoon, um, and perhaps traveling as couples, whereas uh, that certainly isn't the case. And this is where Secret Paradise comes into play. So uh, 12 years ago, um, local island tourism began its tourism journey here in the Maldives. Um, the law was passed to allow guest houses to operate on local islands, which then allowed tourists uh, the option of staying more affordably within the Maldives at guest houses and island hotels. So as you can tell from my accent, I don't originate from the Maldives. I do originate from the UK and I spent almost 30 years in retail in the UK. I learned to scuba dive during that period in time, which is what brought me to the Maldives uh, initially on a once in a lifetime diving holiday with a group of girlfriends. That holiday then subsequently turned into me returning twice or three times a year to dive. And during that period, I had stayed on resorts, but then resorts got too expensive and out of pocket. So I started diving from boats, which enabled me to um, explore the Maldives um, far greatly, not having to stay on one island. And by doing so, I was visiting local islands and meeting lots of local people and making lots of local friends. I had a very small clause in my contract that stated I could take three months paid holiday for one year once I'd done 25 years service. I'm sure uh, that isn't the case today for many people's contracts. And um, so I jumped at that opportunity came out for three months, stayed in the capital area because most of my friends um, had uh, found themselves, got married and with families and were living here, and uh, did my dive master. During that time, I was introduced um, to a friend of a friend over coffee on the beach, and we got talking about the change in the laws and what local tourism meant to the tourist. So the guy that I was talking to, um, who subsequently became my business partner, was very pro-resort. Couldn't understand why people would not just want to come and fly and flop. Um, and so I educated him on the fact that people liked to explore destinations, wanted to see what daily life was about, get under the skin of a destination. And also it opened up the Maldives from this affordability point of view. So I went back to the UK, went back to my job, and he contacted me and said, 
shall we start a travel agency? And I went, no, I'm not interested in being a travel agent or selling resorts, but let's do something at a local island level. So I just handed in my notice. It seemed the most natural thing to do, thinking if it doesn't work out, I'd probably find myself back in the UK in retail, or if I didn't do it, it would be that what if scenario in years to come. So I came out and Ziad had registered the business. So we've got the name Secret Paradise. And he said, right, it's over to you and um, decide what you want to do. So I had traveled with businesses like Explore and um, Intrepid Exodus in my younger days and looked at what those type of adventure operators were doing in Asia and decided that we could do something that was very similar here in the Maldives, allowing tourists to have the opportunities I'd been fortunate to have because of my connections with locals. So we made an island hopping tour, uh, which combined all the things that people would expect. So snorkeling, dolphin cruises, uh, sitting on beautiful sandbanks with cultural engagement. So taking our guests to the home of a local family, learning to cook Maldivian food, and sharing meals with local families. And then as we have progressed, um, sort, of, sort of an organic journey has then brought in a more educational base and um, part of the business. So when we started, words such as responsible travel, sustainability, weren't the buzzwords that they are today. It's been very much that we haven't set out to be that style of business. It's been very much about trying to support the communities in terms of particularly as local island tourism was in its infancy, but also about having this engagement so that our guests can really learn about the history and culture. They can learn about the environment, about the marine life, but also take away a true sense of the impact that they can have in a positive and a negative way when they're traveling in the Maldives or in the destinations worldwide. It's so lovely to hear about your like personal affiliation with like the Maldives itself and here you speak so passionately about not only the tourism but about like the culture in the Maldives itself so like what do you think it is about the Maldives that just has that little spark for you that you keep returning back to? I think it was the hospitality of the Maldivian people themselves very welcoming very open, want to converse. Um, I can remember going to the home of a local family and one of my friends for evening tea. So very traditional to have evening tea between 3 and 6 p.m. It's almost like the Maldives equivalent of tapas. So it's small, savoury and sweet bites. And if you go into a local cafe, that would be on offer when you're visiting. And going into their home and they had just got this ginormous spread of food Far too much for me to eat in one go. But the fact that you know, they really wanted you to be part of their family, to understand what their tradition was, what the food was like. For me, it's always been, it always comes back to the people aspect. I guess from a diving point of view, the diving was, was absolutely great. Lots of different styles of diving. I'm one of those divers that likes to seek out the small stuff as well as seeing uh, the big aspects such as whale sharks and manta rays. So I think there's two sides of it for me. I was very aware of the marine environment. And then it was definitely about the people. And, you know, having the opportunity to move from, you know, thousands of kilometres away to come here 
as I mentioned, it just seemed very natural. It wasn't awkward. I was very comfortable because I had this circle of friends that I knew that I could uh, rely on. So, yes, something definitely captured my heart. And I think in the main, it was people. You talked about such like uh, a diverse, uh, different set of aspects there uh, about the Maldives. And I was having a little bit of a dig around on Secret Paradise Maldives website before. And you've got so many different uh, actual holiday packages from the fly and flop to the yoga, diving, um, island hopping. Like which packages are like your specific favourites? Oh, my current favourite is our conservation cruise currently. So we uh, partner with a number of NGOs and marine life organisations. And on this particular cruise, um, Save the Beach, who are based here in the capital, join us as do the Maldives Whale Shark Research Programme. So the cruise itself enables guests to really have hands-on experiences. So they capture data and information on whale sharks. And they visit a coral nursery. They visit a seagrass meadow and understand the impact that that has both on the environment from a climate point of view, as well as on the marine life. And the importance of maintaining those habitats, not just here in the Maldives, but globally. So I think um, the fact that with this particular product, we are really giving back to both the organisations who are assisting us, but also having guests leave us really feeling that they've had an opportunity to do something that's worthwhile and is impactful as part of their holiday experience. And that sounds like so important to the ethos of Secret Paradise itself. I was having a, a quick look on the packages and I saw the, the private boat cruise for two, which I think I've been watching far too much below deck for that. I'd be all there for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I think what's a big part of all our packages now is that there is this aspect of wanting our tourists or our guests to leave with a greater knowledge of the environment as well as the destination behind it. I like to describe it as unconscious learning. So we're not putting them into a classroom and getting them to sit exams, but we are providing them with knowledge and awareness through activities or exposure and conversations with our tour leaders. And that's so lovely. Like I said, it was so central to uh, what Secret Paradise is all about. And obviously, here are the student pages. We really do want to talk about students. So we're a little bit curious about uh, how you would actually cater to the student demographic and if you have any specific packages for students as well. We do indeed. So with students, we work in two different ways. We have student group packages, which are really geared around um, either providing support for students who perhaps are doing research and are focused on um, perhaps biology or marine life and, and the environment. We have the other side of it, which is for students who are perhaps doing independent travel or taking a, a gap year and going off to explore the world, where they can do island hopping and do the educational side along the way, but also have those more typical Maldives um, experiences. There's also the opportunity for those who um, are thinking about learning to dive. What a great destination to come and learn to dive. Uh, not a cold, grim location with cold water, but warm water. And even when you're doing your, your first dives in confined water, you never know what you, you might see there out in the ocean. So a number of different avenues that uh, students can explore in terms of travelling with us. And that's it. I'm getting jealous just like talking about it. <laughs> but I think definitely in my student days, I was an advocate of the sort of like 
girls holiday booze cruise not specifically but you have like a lot of like ibiza's magaluf malaga so i mean not well, well we know the obvious reasons but why would you say come to the maldives over going to the the booze cruise places of europe i think there's two reasons firstly if people are exploring india or sri lanka and the Maldives is just a hop, skip and a jump by a flight from those destinations. And if you're in this area of the world, then why wouldn't you pop across and enjoy the beaches? The second side of that is I think that, as we said right back at the beginning of the conversation, the Maldives perhaps isn't on most students' tick lists of destinations to go to because of their perception as it's perceived either by the media or on Instagram and TikTok and so on that there is this other side to it. And part of traveling the world is about exploring new cultures and new destinations. And I think there's just a, a real opportunity here that there's a different side of the Maldives for people to explore and get under the skin of and take back something worthwhile, whether that's a dive certification or whether that's a a greater um, awareness of the environment and marine life. You just spoke about uh, India and Sri Lanka there. Have you, have you travelled a lot around the world? I did a sabbatical probably around 20 years ago. So I did trek through every space camp. We went to New Zealand, Australia, did the whole camper van there. And then we went over to the States and down into Mexico. So that was my big travelling aspect. As silly as it may seem, I've been to Sri Lanka a couple of times, but I haven't been to India. And to be very honest with you, I find it very difficult to leave the Maldives. So I, I tend to do most of my travelling now here in the destination. There's over 1,200 islands to explore, and I've really only scratched the surface of those. <laughs> I can imagine how it would be hard to leave just looking at that background, like I'm thinking about getting out of the UK right about now. <laughs> so, like, from an expert, what tips do you have for students out there who are looking to do, like, longer-term travel or backpacking, not just in the Maldives, but, like, anywhere? I think the key thing when you're starting to plan is thinking beyond your comfort zone, and, you know, that's very easy for somebody to say, for somebody to do. But if I go back to that time that I did my sabbatical, it was, these are the things that I really wanted to do. Um, and yes, it maybe wasn't the most comfortable decision to make in terms of uh, where to travel, how to travel, how do you book the right property, how do you get on the right tour? So there's a lot of research to do in that process. And I think that's really key when you're looking to explore that you do the research beforehand and ensure that what you're booking fits in with your expectations. So that may be looking at what a peer group in terms of what they're doing, where they're visiting. But also today, in today's world, when we talk about Instagram and TikTok, when you look on those type of platforms, there's a lot of what I would say are the bucket list, tick lists that everybody wants to do. And they're not actually necessarily the right things to do because you're probably going to get there and you're going to be overrun by other people traveling in the same location. So looking at what there is to do outside of those tourist hotspots and um, because you'll get a greater immersive experience by getting yourself out of those key areas. I think also a great tip to consider, and again, perhaps not something that's thought about in today's digital age, is to always ensure you carry some cash. 
Because once the electricity goes down, you can't use your credit card, you can't get online. Um, and that could be a saving grace for you in any destination. I think that was very wise. Planning and carrying cash is uh, two things that I think is absolutely core there. Um, I, I, like, I believe I said this on a previous podcast, but once when I was in uh, North America, just left my phone at a bar with all of my cards, all of my flight information on it. Oh, I, I laugh about it now, but at the time I was heaving with crying. And like, it, I think what you just mentioned on like Instagram and TikTok, like traveling very much at, like, have you traveled? Are you a traveler? Did you take a gap year? It's so much of a trend now. And I think you definitely get a watered down version of it on Instagram because people aren't going to take photos of when things are going wrong or it's not picturesque. So like having that authentic experience that, that you're that you're peddling at in Secret Paradise is so important as well. I think it's character building as well. I know for sure that my my personal confidence definitely changed from before I traveled to after I traveled and returned. Um, but I also remember that coming back from traveling, I was in the mindset of, I need to do this whole work-life balance. Work isn't everything. But you also then get back into that environment and that treadmill, and you really do have to sort of step back and sometimes give yourself that reminder that there is other things to life than studying and your work. Whilst they're both very important, but it's about achieving that right balance so that you as, a, as an individual have that growth in lots of different areas. Absolutely. Losing your phone in a different country, definitely. Not, not only as <laughs> it in my life, but I think it uh, hardens me as a person. <laughs> so just one final question now um, on Secret Paradise Maldives. What would you say is a standout or makes you so much of a trusted source when um, students are looking to travel anywhere, well, anywhere, to specifically the Maldives? I guess the key thing is that we are here on the ground, so we know what's happening, when it's happening, and can keep people updated. And that's very much one of our values, that it's about honesty and integrity. So we want to ensure that the expectations, the safety, the reality of what we're talking to our guests about is what they're going to experience when they land in the destination. So for me, that's one side of it. And then the second side of it would be about traveling with us. You're giving back to both the environment and to the community. And you are doing something positive while having a great experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's so important. Authentic, sustainable travel in the Maldives is something that is, what like I said, so central uh, to what Secret Paradise is all about. I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to me today, Ruth. I believe it's very early in the morning uh, for you over there in the Maldives. No, we're at the other end of the day, so we're afternoon now. See, that's, that's showing me that I'm honestly awful at geography. If you got a map out <laughs> on Atlas and you said, where are the Maldives? You've just told me that it's India and Sri Lanka. And I'm like, I don't even know where those two things are. Oh, well, I will admit that when uh, we were arranging that first trip to the Maldives, I had no idea where it was. I don't think I'd even heard of the Maldives at that time. I had no idea it was an archipelago. And actually, I left everything else to my friends. So I did no research there she says, doing the research before you go traveling and not doing it. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me and I've been there also. Yes, I think in, in any trip, there's the one with the Excel sheet and there's the one that just pays everybody and is glad to be there. It has to be that person. It doesn't, though. We're all different. 
Well, thank you ever so much for taking the time to speak to me today, Ruth. And fingers crossed, hopefully I'll see you in the Maldives sometime soon if I don't get lost along the way. Great. That would be lovely to see you, Grace, with your phone on this occasion. With my phone on my couch. <laughs> thank you. Bye.